Hi, and welcome to Fusion Focused. I'm your host, Ella Fox Widows, a PhD student studying plasma physics for fusion energy. The aim of this podcast is to showcase some cool and inspiring experts within the fusion energy field, highlight the variety of diverse careers available within fusion, and chat with my guests about why they are passionate about fusion energy. Hope you enjoy. In this episode, I chat with Guido Langer, the Training and Education Manager at Eurofusion, about his work at Fusenet and Eurofusion, the MSc Plasma Diagnostic Technique, and Guido's research into the economics of fusion. Hi Guido, thank you for joining me for this episode of Fusion Focused. Would you be able to tell me a little bit about your current role in fusion? Yes, sure. Thank you for for, for being here. It's an honour. My current role is... um, the role of training and education manager in Eurofusion, which I just started <laughs> a couple of months ago, in fact. Yeah. Great. So I'll ask you a few questions on that when we get to it. But uh, to go back to the beginning, so you first studied for a bachelor's degree in applied physics at Eindhoven University of Technology. Why did you decide to first study physics? What, what intrigued you about physics? So physics started to interest me in high school. Um, I found the topics physics and mathematics and chemistry um, eventually the most interesting. I did a project on string theory, but um, I couldn't really choose between a lot of topics in the in, in the beta in the in the STEM regions, and so I went for my first um, topic of interest, and that was I wanted to become an architect when I was ten. Mm. <laughs> so I went to study building and architecture, but within a couple of months, I discovered that the topics that I found uh, the most fun, um, the rest was um, of my, my, my class was uh, was afraid of, namely calculus <laughs> and, and uh, mechanics, etc. So I started to discover that physics was, um, uh, well, was the, the topic I should do anyway, but I discovered this only after a uh, two years of, of studying, or I, uh, I, I switched. So then I went to uh, uh, to applied physics in Eindhoven, where I uh, where I was. And um, although it was much harder work, um, it was also much more rewarding. Yeah. Mm. And so then you stayed you stayed in Eindhoven to study for a master's degree in the science and technology of nuclear fusion. During your master's, you're also involved in K-Star Tokamak, so the 2013 campaign of, of K-Star in South Korea. What first drew you to want to study fusion? Well, that was during my bachelor. I had, um, um, uh, by the end of your, your bachelor, you do a, a bachelor thesis, a bachelor uh, project. And um, just before it, I attended a lecture of a professor, my professor later, um, which was about the challenges in, uh, in nuclear fusion. The professor was uh, Nick Lopez Cardoso, by the way. And so he um, uh, addressed to, uh, to the audience of physics students the challenges of, of, of nuclear fusion. And so I was always interested to do something in energy. And um, then I saw this um, and heard about this mega complex um, subject. And well, this, this um, somehow ignited the spark in myself. And um, in order to test whether this would be my master, I did my bachelor uh, project with, uh, with him, which was a very interesting project in the deployment of fusion, so rather on the economic side. Mm. 
Um, and this was fun and interesting enough that I indeed also decided to pursue my master uh, course in, uh, in fusion. And I had the, indeed the, uh, the opportunity to go abroad to uh, spend five months in Korea to, uh, to work on uh, K-Star and in particular the uh, MSE diagnostic that Eindhoven was, was preparing for that to come up. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is the MSE diagnostic? What were you doing specifically at, at K-Star? So MSE, MSE uh, stands for Emotional Stark Effect. And the Emotional Stark Effect is um, a Stark Effect uh, that is induced by the uh, motion of, of neutral particles in the plasma. And that um, uh, neutral particles in the, uh, in the plasma come from the, the neutral beam injector. It's a, it's a heating mechanism. Uh, but before the particles are um, uh, fully charged, uh, they are, uh, the electrons in it are, uh, are excited and they emit light. Um, but although, um, so as the, the, the particles emit, uh, emit light, but while the particles are still uh, moving in a, um, a magnetic field, the magnetic field that is in the, uh, inside the plasma, they experience V cross B, an electric field. And that electric field causes the spectrum to shift, but also contains information about the local magnetic field. And therefore, um, the emotional Stark effect, which, which occurs, um, results in some information about the local magnetic field inside the plasma. Mm -hmm. And so, as you uh, probably know, that is uh, normally very, very hard to infer. Most magnetic diagnostics are from around the, uh, the plasma. So if you want to know the local magnetic pitch angle or the local current profile, which is important for control. Um, this is a very interesting, interesting diagnostic. Mm. Yeah. So long story short, if you look at the light in um, uh, that comes from uh, from that um, uh, from from that neutral beam, and I looked both at the um, the, the the spectrum, so the the, the shifted um, uh, the shifted light, as uh, try to. Uh, model uh, the polarization of it. That that would have been, by the way, maybe this is too detailed. That would have been the future diagnostic. I only had a spectrometer to uh, to start uh, looking at it and validating the code. In an upcoming episode of, of this podcast, I'm talking with Sam Gibson, and she currently is a plasma diagnostician at, at MassDU at CCFE and she operates the, the MSE diagnostic so she'll also be talking a little bit about it. Thank you Guido for that explanation. So after finishing your master's degree you started working as a, a research assistant still at the Eindhoven University of Technology and you were working on the development and maintenance of software for the National Fusion Research Institute in Korea. So what was your work centered on in this role? So um, that was um... In fact, part of the project that Eindhoven did for uh, for Korea, and this was around this uh, this diagnostic, um, and one of the uh, deliverables we we had was providing an analysis code to um, reconstruct uh, the, the the pitch angle information uh, from the polarized light, uh, because those would have been um, the uh, um, well the the uh, uh, was the setup. Mm -hmm. To uh, uh, to measure 
the light from um, uh, from uh, uh, what what comes out of the uh, uh, out of the plasma. But in order to um, maintain that information that um, uh, that travels through uh, through fibers, there was a, a need set up by making use of photoelastic modulators. So by uh, translating the, the polarization information into um, uh, well, in, uh, modulate in, into the into the wave. Um, so. My work there as a research assistant, it was a couple of months to finalize that, that code mm -hmm. and, uh, and provide uh, the concrete deliverables for, uh, um, uh, for John. Um, but by the way, this is maybe a side note, but nice that you mentioned Sam Gibson. Um, a nice anecdote is that I was very honored uh, when I met her in the PhD event in 2018. Mm -hmm. and, um, well, uh, we we uh, we met, and she said, "Oh, you are Guido. Well, uh, your graduation thesis is on my desk." <laughs> and so, well, you know, I, I did not um, uh, not not continue for for a PhD in, in MSE, which uh, uh, may have happened or which almost happened. But um, I was, uh, of course, I um, very honored and grateful to learn that what I produced during my master thesis was of some use <laughs> for uh, for her. And um, well, it, it, therefore it was, and it is nice to to hear and to read that she is uh, is continuing this on uh, on must. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. <laughs>
Awesome. That's really interesting. I think a, a lot of the time, especially from, from my side as a student, we often hear about, you know, the, the plasma physics issues and the really detailed micro scale of fusion. But it's really interesting to hear about how it would fit into a global grid. And then where our paths crossed is when you started working as the executive officer of the FuseNet Association. Would you be able to explain what FuseNet is and, and what your role as executive officer was? Yeah, so FuseNet is an association um, with members being uh, institutes and universities and companies throughout Europe, uh, which aims to enhance and stimulate fusion education. Um, on, on, on all levels, but mainly focusing on, on the academic, uh, academic level. Um, doing, by doing so, stimulating students to go on internships, organizing the PhD event, mm -hmm. um, supporting new educational acti activities, and um, um, well, everything that, that may eventually be supportive to, to building, building up a, a community. Um, my role was that of executive officer, so coordinating the executive office, which um, well uh, does does the most work in uh, um, in uh, in FuseNet. So it reports to the board of governors, got advised um, by councils like the academic council and the student council, who also are um, luckily very active in in, in organizing uh, activities. So. These were indeed nice collaborations um, uh, I, I experienced also. Um, so, yeah, the role of the, my, my role and, and the role of the executive office is uh, basically coordinating and organizing everything from the administration to the website to uh, supporting the Board of Governors. Yeah. Awesome. And then you mentioned at the beginning that you recently started a new role as a training and education manager at Eurofusion. So, for, for anyone that doesn't know, would you be able to explain what, what Eurofusion does, what the focus of Eurofusion is, and what your, your new role entails? Right, so Eurofusion is uh, the European consortium that coordinates uh, Europe's fusion research. So, um, of course, there's there's ITER, which is an, uh, a dedicated and different activities coordinated and led by all the countries that participate, but the European R&D into uh, fusion is uh, coordinated by, by Eurofusion. Mm -hmm. And so its consortium members are all the larger institutes uh, throughout uh, Europe, all the European Union countries, plus Ukraine, Switzerland, and the UK. Um, and so, uh, and, and this is the whole spectrum from, from science to, uh, and, and, and the most, the more novel and fundamental things to, uh, all the way to, to technology and, um, every challenge we face there in, in building and realizing demo. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is of course the, the, the roadmap to, um, uh, a fusion power plant is, uh, is, uh, well, is what, what drives Eurofusion's, uh, research agenda. Um, and yeah, this uh, is very, um, uh, very wide and, and still many, many challenges to, uh, to solve. And there are so many challenges to solve that we um, continue to look for uh, very skilled and competent uh, people that are able to solve those challenges. And there's, um, in that area is my role. 
Um, so Eurofusion also uh, distributes uh, the funds for, uh, for education uh, throughout Europe, uh, has a couple of training programs um, and uh, in the form of, of grants and um, that those are uh, coordinating those are my, uh, my role as well as uh, starting um, and, and organizing knowledge management activities. And um, the, um, yeah, the, the, the challenge is that, of course, Europe's research um, uh, program is already uh, um, uh, ongoing for quite a while. JET operates for almost 40 years now. And so Europe has gained and developed a lot of experience in, in operating uh, devices, in, um, in, in, in how to develop uh, uh, scenarios. But also in terms of technology, there, there's many, many laboratories on, ongoing. And in the same time, in the coming years, we try to arrive at the conceptual design of what demos should look like. The first um, device that really uh, uh, produces net energy and is, uh, is connected to the grid. Um, and so whatever is, is known throughout Europe, uh, also for a large extent in, in the heads and in the minds of very experienced people mm. should uh, be um, uh, accessible and should be available uh, to uh, the people that are currently working on those, uh, those challenges, as well as um, still being present and known and taught in the decades that um, will uh, well separate us from, uh, from uh, seeing demo eventually. Mm -hmm. So this is a very huge scope. And so what I try to do with a couple of uh, others in, uh, in the program management unit is, um, well, trying to organize these uh, uh, activities that, that, that support the maintenance of, uh, of this. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Guido. Yeah, to, to get to demo and now seeing ETA in our very near future, it must be a very exciting role to, to be able to try and get more people interested in, in solving these problems. Awesome. Thank you, Guido. What does a day in the life of the training and education manager for Eurofusion look like? <laughs> so um, there have been just a, a few a few months now, so I can only uh, look back at, uh, at at a at a very exciting and challenging starting period. Um, but already the days can be quite um, uh, quite different or varying. But um, interesting elements are meeting. Um, with a lot of interesting and experienced people who, who really know, know, know a lot. And um, the, um, uh, well, the, the interesting and the um, uh, useful um, part of it is what, um, well, I, I try here to, uh, to, to understand what uh, is needed to um, uh, well write and, and, and coordinate the uh, the current ongoing going activities there's a lot of email traffic uh, going on I should I should uh, perhaps think of a typical uh, a typical day well a typical a, a typical day can um, can be uh, various meetings with uh, uh, where where I learn a lot there can be uh, meetings where uh, regarding the new activities plans are made. And there can be um, a lot of days with, with reading and writing uh, of all the uh, 
uh, researchers and and, um, and 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 what students have uh, have produced. Mm. Um, and so, in in of course, in an exciting and challenging starting period, the typical days are uh, are uh, quite long. So I'm I'm happy to. Uh, uh, speak with you now and on my first day of my my holiday for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to thank you, Guido. Thank you for your time. <laughs> I, I don't know to, to what extent this is promotion for uh, uh, for for my job or what I, what what I what I do, but um, well, it is also of course out of enthusiasm that my days are long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in your free time, you said you've got some holiday now. What do you usually do in in your free time? So. The, the recently there hasn't been too much of it, um, but what I like to do um, is also reading about uh, reading about other stuff. Well, I, I also like to read about um, uh, theory or or um, uh, knowledge that that is useful for my my work, and that I still consider that a little bit of free time because um, I'm also very interested in the, the uh, in in what I have to do. Um, Sometimes writing um, is what I like to do, and what I like to do uh, to write uh, most is in the form of poetry, metric poetry. Nice. Um, and when I try to um, use less of my uh, linguistic or cognitive uh, capabilities, I like to um, walk and um, well, hang out and have good conversations with uh, with friends. Ah, this is still a little bit of linguistic capabilities. Well, I used to be a swimmer, a water polo player. Um, and I hope when uh, things are opening up here again, and which is now also the case in Bavaria and Munich, that um, I am able to, uh, to to swim more because that is what I that is what I miss a little bit. Mm. So. Yeah, the, the typical days are hopefully not too typical uh, of what uh, what is ahead of us, but but we should still see how the world develops. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then just before I let you go, do you have any advice for anybody that's wanting to pursue a career in fusion about the best ways to, to enter the field? What is nice in this phase that um, so ITER is being uh, assembled and and reaches his its first plasma in the coming years, but in the meantime. Um, uh, more and more uh, people are uh, needed and, and, and will find places that not per se pursue an academic research career. Mm -hmm. So uh, in that area and in that direction, the, the opportunities will, uh, will still be there. And uh, you're one of the, uh, uh, the living examples of it, <laughs> um, almost graduating, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, also uh, students, master students uh, that pursue a career in, in industry, in engineering, in management, project management, um, those job positions uh, increasingly open up. Mm -hmm. And this is around ITER, this is in, uh, in, in the Fusion for Energy ecosystem, um, but also at, in many more places. And my, my current job is also one in fusion, but not uh, actually doing the research, uh, but supporting. Um, so my advice is there that um, uh, with, with, we, we need different type of profiles, mm. also in engineering, in management, and um, also in, in, in economics, um, uh, legal. So, the more fusion gets to a, 
um, an industrialization stage, um, but also the more we need to explore um, what roles fusion uh, devices really can play in an energy system, mm. also the more elements of this um, this this challenge should be um, should be worked on. Mm. Um, and therefore, my advice would be look around in um, on, on on areas where uh, jobs are are advertised uh, around the new. Uh, endeavors, for example, Tokamak Energy. Also, the FuseNet website has a matchmaking page um, where um, both internships, as also uh, increasingly more uh, junior jobs, are uh, are presented. And of course, in ITER um, uh, itself, are also a very huge amount of, uh, of of engineers and people needed. So, and the final advice, if 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 this post, if this information doesn't uh, doesn't work, do get in touch with uh, a FuseNet or the student council, mm -hmm. um, or of course uh, uh, your Fusion or uh, or me. I would say um, we are, I think, quite approachable, and we would like to um, uh, to to get in touch. So, if you have a more specific question, um, I would say both myself and the presenter of this podcast would be uh, more than happy to exchange in, uh, thoughts yeah yeah definitely <laughs> thank you guido yeah i think uh, your your work is super interesting and, and very important so thank you so much for joining me on on this podcast this episode and for explaining that thank you guido it was a pleasure thank you ella Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fusion Focused. If you'd like to know when the next episode will be released or would like to get in touch, you can find the Fusion Focused podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Fusion Focused. Please subscribe and leave a review. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time.